You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get to it. Everybody, hey, yeah, baby, are you ready? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Tucked Podcast. I am your host, Tuck. Did you hear the new Fit for a King song? Oh, you didn't because you live underneath a fucking massive rock, you stupid idiot. Go listen to it now. It's so good. The song is called End. The other side, there's video out. We have pre-orders up. Um, we have announced the record. It's crazy. You can go to Downright Merch and pre-order it now. There's a bunch of cool vinyl variants that we have put out. I may or may not have named them myself. It was very fun. But this record is extremely special to myself and the guys. I think that there's something with this record that is going to be brand new to Fitbury King fans. And I think even for myself as a member and as a friend of Ryan, I'm hearing him not only sing but express himself in a way that is just so deep and refreshing and incredible and um you really will get to know him better by the by the time you hear this whole album and uh i'm really excited for that uh the album was called the hell we create it's going to be out on october 28th it's beautiful i love it and i hope you love it and uh yeah i can't wait all right this week on the show yeah 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 we have my friend mikey arthur of the gloom in the corner this is a very special episode because I work for Mikey and his band. About two years ago, I was introduced to their band through a friend. After hearing about their goals and, and how just goddamn metalcore they are, it felt like a comfortable partnership, and I've been managing their band ever since. And we recently announced their signing to Sharp Tone Records with the release of their first single and second coming next week. It felt like the proper time to chat with Mikey about the band further. Uh, I'm constantly in inspired by them and how hard they work each member of this band is so special and provides balance to the scale when i think about the definition of a hard-working band they are always what comes to mind for me and you can see that um they not only want to be successful but are willing to work so hard and manifest it and uh enough gloating about these stupid fucks here we go my chat with mikey arthur of the gloom in the Fucking duh! 
forgotten the last, second half of my last name, hey? No, I wanted to. <laughs> I, no, I thought, you know, I was thinking about how I was going to start this one today. Um, and I, you know, at first I was like, I feel like Mikey Big Dick Duff is like the best way to do it. But, you know, I haven't seen it, nor um, is that really right of me to say. But I oh, felt that, like, that's fair I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I felt like that would have been a really good, fun um, nickname to start the show off with. But regardless, Michael. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's a nice Tuesday morning. Yeah, 921. I a little bit cold, but it's not too bad. Yeah, it's weird. You're on that side of the planet where it's winter and stuff. That's pretty neat. Um, thanks for making time for me this morning, even though uh, we talk every morning uh, in some pretty capacity. <laughs> um, so at least like via, you know, Facebook Messenger where I can't think of the last morning I've had. And usually this is actually at like 4 a.m. because I'll wake up to take a piss. And I roll over and I just touch my phone and I see messages from you guys. And I'm like, yep. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, cool. <laughs> so Half for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, right? No, it's, it's, been, a, it's been incredible. Um, for everyone listening, uh, Mikey and I have been working together for... Year and a half or so, um, and we just announced their signing to Sharp Tone Records and their new album Trinity. And with that, it's been like insane. You know, it's usually you work on your own stuff, and it's interesting. This is the first time I've released a record with someone else. You know, that's not one of my bands. So it's been a real joy to work for. And I I always emphasize that where it is when you have, a you know, a manager or a booking agent or any of these people, them or I myself in this situation, I work for the gloom in the corner. Um, but it's been a real joy. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but it's been hectic as fuck. And it's mm -hmm. crazy, it's but <laughs> Ronan is wild. What a great fucking song. Um, <clears throat> so first of all, hi, Mikey. Nice to have you on the show. Hi. Are you ready to get tucked, motherfucker? Yes, I'm ready to get tucked. Tuck. Okay. I know it's like early get for tucked. you, so you got me. That's like I am. So you got me fucking yelling yeah. at you first. Then. Okay, let's yeah, get <laughs> I over there. I uh, I actually in the episode. You do that not I, know the fear I had when I watched you walking down the street doing that. Oh man! You know, I hope that someone would hear it and be like, "Wow, that's my favorite cartoon. I love Yellow. Those are so good." And they. I like, think everybody wow, else is just thinking, "What the fuck is that dude doing?" <laughs> Yeah, that's usually what's happening. Like, there was this yeah. one time where I sent my wife a video of me, like, in the fashion district of Milan acting as my homeless man stump and uh, yelling, oh, no. got a dollar. And this is in, like, one of the finest fashion districts in the universe. 
And uh, oh, no. yeah, I'm an <laughs> asshole. I do stupid things to 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 get attention. Sometimes it's very terrible. Hey, don't we all? Though? Like, don't, don't you know? Let's be real. Don't we all? <laughs> We're in bands in for some which way or form. Everybody does it. You know, this is certainly mine. Always has been. And you know what? I've seen other people do it in much worse ways. So mm-hmm. at least I'm not like mean. I'm just annoying. So, I <laughs> same. <laughs> um, I think it's just a bold out. person thing. It is a bold we're not mean, we're just annoying. <laughs> bald and powerful, you know. Like there was that. Um, there's the bald filter going on right now. There was like that meme that me, Ryan Neff, and Josh Gilbert all got tagged in, where it was like, if you're a bald, if you're a metalcore bassist starter pack, and it's like bald, yeah. black cap, sleeveless jean jacket, you know, all of it. It was great. I, uh, it's natural. It's really just what came to me. Um, but fucking what up. else would you do when you have one fucking bang? <laughs> but that's all I can do. Um, you know, with us doing this formal interview here, you know, because obviously, like, it's going to be really, really sophisticated. I formal had some fun things that I've word. been thinking about where, yeah, right. Have you? Well, you know, yeah, because, you know, we talk about the band so much, mm-hmm. but I haven't necessarily, like, talked to you about the beginning or how we got here um, in maybe ever. I mean, maybe when we first started talking um, a little bit, but um, it's going to be fun to actually like hear about this stuff and share it with other people at the same time. So I am very excited. I swear we did, but to be fair, I've told so many people as well. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that like, when we've all first started, you know, working together and I, when I first heard of the band, um, I know that that's like, was part of the big introduction was the story that comes with the band. And I was so excited about that as someone who's like, loved a band like Coed and Cambria, like I mentioned off air to you previously where I was like, Oh, this is so cool. So very, so few bands attempt to do that. And it's funny you mentioned ADHD because I feel like if you have the capacity to remain consistent with this story over so many years, which now, you know, started in 2017, it's been quite some time. It's pretty amazing to be able to do that. And not a lot of people could. um, So I think that's pretty fucking, you know, opposite of that and pretty cool uh, nonetheless. So, you know, well, I have technically it's 2016 but like the actual story side of things i've technically been running since i was about 10 years old i just adapted it into a band in 2016 and re completely like completely reformatted it and everything but the actual storyline itself and like uh, a certain amount of the characters i've pretty much like had that written as like a story or something of that capacity since i was about 10 so, for the listener, what is the basic plot of the story behind the gloom in the corner? Uh, so, very basic. There's a secret government a- agency that deals with supernatural people, um, and the story focuses around the operators that work in said government agency. 
the supernatural world is kept quiet to the normal public world, at least until the end of Ultima Pluvia. Um, and Trinity focuses on like the hell dimension and certain characters who died in the previous arc. Is that pretty good? Yeah, that's great. Um, I've had a lot of practice at condensing it. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, I know it's hard to put it into like just a few sentences, but, um, you know, I think that it's a story that so many people have connected to in the, uh, in some way, shape or form, because obviously like here in the States and all around the planet, who doesn't love like the MCU and like all that kind of stuff. People love superhero shit. People loved like heroes and like all these TV shows are now, uh, the boys that's, you know, yeah. superhero based, but also has a touch of reality and, you know, how to, uh, you know, coexist right as superhero and, normal people um, that was funny i was i was watching like i was watching the boys season three because i love the boys um, yeah, it's fantastic and like i didn't really realize it until watching season three and somebody pointed it out but much like south park it's all social commentary on what's going on in the world right now and i yeah. didn't realize it until i got halfway through season three and there were certain things that they were very on the nose about until and what kind of solidified it for me was when they took the piss out of that. Um, imagine all the people cover where they got like all the celebrities to do oh, the yeah. cover. And like, you know, that happened last year during COVID and it was a fucking train wreck. Yeah. Like, what was everybody the song just they during it. that? Was yeah, it was the imagine same by, song? Yeah, yeah. Imagine by, it's either John Lennon or Paul McCartney. Yeah, I can't remember which beat it was. Um, yeah. John imagine Lennon. no 38 snub nose revolvers cunt. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, young man. You know, the Beatles, they were actually a government conspiracy and they were 100%. reptilians and they never actually existed. And it's like the Bernstein Bears where the Beatles never were here and you're an idiot. That's a gloom nah, world secret. Spot, Don't though. give away those secrets. Um, yeah, I try not to too much, but sometimes I just spill the beans, um, literally and figuratively. I love beans; they're delicious. Um, so back to the band that you're in. You know the 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 gloom in the gloom. in the in the corner. Um, so. You're a little child. You're ten years old. You mm -hmm. start writing the story because Imagine you have, I have nothing. Hair. I've seen pictures. I enjoy it. It's not good. It was nice. No, it was good. It was good. I mean, I haven't seen pictures of you as like a kid, but I saw like some pictures, like even the beginning of gloomy old hair. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I still had some. The Wonder Years just wrote a song about growing your hair out, even though you're not having a lot of it. And I thought it was very Damn. relatable as a balding man. Damn. Um, but currently I'm fully shaven um, on my face and my can head ask, because it makes can, me can feel I young. Ask, yeah. Why? Why did you shave the beard? Um, I think I look really old with it and I got super tired of it. I've had a beard since yeah. I was a kid. Like, cause I've, been able to grow one since I was like 15, you know, or yeah, so. Same. Yeah. And I grew my first one, like full, like big beard in junior year of high school for a play. 
um, I was in a play called Inherit the Wind, and um, I decided to grow my beard out for that. And it, so yeah, I've just always had it. And now that I'm older and I'm like starting to look older, I'm certainly like, I don't know. It starts to affect you where you look at yourself differently and you're like, how do I cling to some of my youth while I have it? Because, (laughs) you know, my beard has like gray right on my chin and shit now too. And it's, yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. I look like an alien turtle. I know that. Um, I look close to, you know, know the master of disguise. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) It's like my Piccolo character here. Um, The Master of Disguise, no, I don't know who that is. What, you never saw The Master of Disguise? Really? I don't think so. Is that the Toodle, Toodle? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his, uh, Dana Carvey. Yeah. See, I just, I I think I may have watched that movie, like, on TV or some shit in the past. Um, But I, I remember Dana Carvey from Saturday Night Live mostly ah uh, fair um, enough yeah which that era of saturday night live was fucking fantastic see we never got saturday night live down here Whoa, what the fuck were those Talk pretty good inhale it's bad for you that's not an I inhale think- bullshit <laughs> <laughs> It's just really quiet, and it's an but yeah. it's an exhale. See, Kirby said the same thing where he was like, "Oh, cool inhales, bro." And I was like, "I'm unless I'm inhaling, but I don't think I'm inhaling. But I put my hand in front of it, and there's like air coming forward. So that's well, an, yeah, an case, exhale. Yeah. yeah, right. It just sounds like an inhale, which is pretty cool. No. Um, yeah, I want to be really cool when I grow up. Um, and I want to be screamo, but I, I can't, I'm not good at it. It's hard. Um, it takes time. It takes, it does. I think the hardest thing is transitioning between singing and screaming. As someone who does it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Feels very different, you know, uh, unless you've got like, just like you're going straight girthy, for it like all the time like that like Caleb Shomo where like your scream is like like pretty fucking meaty and your singing is pretty meaty too um but it's an interesting thing to go back and forth on I've certainly been trying to do more that David Benitez guy have you seen his um Instagram uh the fucking extreme metalcore institute not extreme, no, extreme vocal, not extreme metalcore institute. <laughs> it's like extreme vocal institute is what it's called. I'll send it to you. It's pretty cool. Oh, actually, Dude's yeah, mega yeah, I've, I've talented. Guy's yeah, crazy okay. psycho good. Um, it was funny. I like he was at a show we played, and I like walked into our green room, and he was in there. I was like. What the fuck, dude? That's so sick. I like watching your warm ups. Um, I fangirled a little bit. So, hi, David. You're very yeah, talented. To me. I'm, I'm always interested to learn new things when it comes to that side of things. I'm, yeah. Screamo is surprisingly hard. People think it's a very, very yeah. easy thing to do, especially when you tackle in trying to do it every day for, say, 30 Month shows or like coming yeah. up, we have the I Prevail Pierce the Veil tour where if you didn't buy a ticket, you probably should, but I don't even know if you can in some places because the tickets are selling so fast, you fucking bitch! But 
It's like 43 shows. It's a lot of screamo. Are you keen to see King for a day 43 times in a row? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Like, I, I am have dropped so new music recently. Have they dropped anything at all since like 2018? It's been like five years to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. Dude, who knows? Maybe something's coming. I have no idea. I, they, dude, I don't fucking know. But. I love that band. I'm excited. I'm going to collide with the fucking sky. I'm going to get fucking ripped yep. every night and I'm going to watch them sing. And I'm going to fucking mm-hmm. pretend that I'm Callan Quinn and it's going to be sick as fuck. Can you I get up wait. and do King for a Day with them? Just for, just for once, please. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to fucking go up <laughs> and there film and, and send it to me. Band, <laughs> so it make my day. <laughs> no, I shouldn't even make jokes about that. Kick me off the tour, man. Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm just going to go watch. I'm going to be a fucking herb-ass motherfucker on that tour playing Magic the Gathering the whole time. Nice. Because Eric is a commander player, and I'm stoked. So if you're listening to this, and you like to play Magic, and you want to play Magic with me on that tour, or if you go to a really sick gym, fucking call me or some Pick me up. I'll go. Um, sounds great. So your band. See, what a tangent. Yep. Just going all fucking yeah, random right. there. That's great. Good stuff. Okay, you're in a band. You guys put out a song. It was called Rodin. And then you're like, psych, we're going to put out fucking Homecoming. Mm-hmm. It's good That's stuff true. for one. We have, we, have fear, we do have the album Fear Me before, <laughs> but we don't talk about Fear Me. Uh, yeah, I guess I haven't listened to that one in a long time. Good, um, don't. I did. <laughs> you know, have you always, uh, like, say, going back to um, Fear Me and um, Homecoming, did you record those yourself? Or have do, were you not into recording back then? Yeah, no, I was. So, Fear Me, I did myself. Um, pretty much all in-house because... I don't think we had the, but like originally, so basically the way that the project started, right. Was gloom was originally meant to be a EDM project. Like I had just been kicked out of the last band that I was in because I was a dick. Um, fair enough. I just got kicked out of that. Um, were you the singer in it or what was your deal? No, in I was that guitarist, band? guitarist and clean singer. Oh, um, yeah, I did a little bit did of screams every do, now like, and then. Get, Give me some of your back history of these bands and shit. Like, uh, have you like what? Other, had you been in a bunch of bands growing up? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, a couple. Um, I mean, I had high school bands and stuff like that. But the first proper band that we somewhat kind of took seriously, but not really, uh, was like a post-hardcore metalcore band called Attack at Greenwood. Um, okay. I did backup cleans and etc. for that. And then I started listening to I, a lot of it was influenced by, yeah, a day to remember. Um, you could say like, I killed the prom queen down here. Uh, Pierce Dude, that band was, like, was so good. Yeah. Yeah. His vocals. That was my first, was my first phenomenal that I went to. That's like, which, which vocalist though? Crafter. Is that, oh, so I never got into Crafter's vocals. He was a good Dude, vocalist. But I never got into first, his vocals. The first release, or, or like the when Goodbye Means Forever, that's with Crafter, right? That's with Crafter, yeah. I never got yeah, into that. That's the good shit. That's the good shit. And Confession no, was for me. It was too. for me. For me, it was 
uh, music for the recently departed. But you're technically wrong. <sighs> yeah, but Ev- I'm like right. even Australia, <laughs> everybody would knows. Everybody, everybody knows. Say goodbye. Yeah, and saying goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude, that's not good. That's Ed Butcher. Is that the guy that was in? Um, what's the other band he was in? Was he in another band? I don't know. He's from the UK. I, I remember researching your, uh, it like your years um, ago. Your demise, maybe. Yeah, mate. No, it wasn't your demise, but it was. I know that band, but it wasn't your demise. It was like some other, I don't know, deathcore band. Um. Oh, okay. Anyway. But yeah, um, so you're in a bunch of high school bands and shit. Yeah, and, and then we had I had like one afterwards because I started listening to like Sworn In, um, <laughs> and naturally we had another band that was well, all yeah, of Australia naturally. started listening to Sworn In, pretty and much. Then, yeah, and then um, your music yeah, the death, scene, the like, death card came out and everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really, you know, there's enough jokes about the Australian music scene and that album for sure. But you know mm-hmm. what? Now, when I listen to your music, I would not hear it. When I listen to the earlier Gloom stuff, I do hear it. Yeah, 100%. I think, like, anyway, uh, so we had grave markings and despise. Have I ever told you what Danielle thinks your band sounds like? Yeah, you My said wife. System of a Down? Yeah. That's weird. That's do you weird know what to me. I think your band sounds like? Don't say System of a Down. <laughs> no, asking Alexandria and the Devil Wears Prada and um, mixed yep. with like early We Car. Yep, I can see, like, no, see. That I can see. Definitely. Because yeah. I love, wait, it was Asking Alexandria and Devil Wears Prada, you said? Devil Wears yeah, Prada is my, yeah. full, uh, is my favorite all-time metalcore band. Yeah, and your vocals remind me band. a lot of Mike's, but... Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, the like... The, the your singing vocals though remind me so much of Danny, like early Danny, um, as in Alexandria. Yeah, I can say that he has a yeah. like. People and give to be clear, because some people shit. no, he's fucking goaded. Okay, like people, you may not like. Sure, maybe he's a little sassy or whatever as a person. I don't know I him. I'm not his fucking friend or anything. But I'm gonna tell you one thing. That man can sing and he can scream. Like, yeah. go look at that fucking Mitch Lucker memorial where Danny yeah. screams. Fucking bonkers. But his singing voice, like, you may not Beautiful. like that their music is a little more like rockin', you know, uh, alternative now. But his voice is incredible. That man is gifted. Yeah. Fucking gifted. earth. That dude has an incredible yeah. voice. Like, he just yeah. has such a swagger and presence about it that it's like. Oh, yeah. He goes for you it. Said, oh, he yeah, just you sound like Danny. Right. I'm like, that's shit. <laughs> yeah, um, that's who you remind anyway. me of the most. So, and it's, you know, and those are some of my favorite bands. And, and that's, you know, when it comes to metalcore, so obviously, like, I'm, I, I'm a metalcore guy. I'm going to defend shit like that. But um, I love Prada very much, too. And so, do so I. you know, that's definitely if we, part if, of what, like, if, if it wasn't for Prada, we probably, if it wasn't for Prada and iValiance, we probably wouldn't be called the gloom in the corner. We would be called something else. What's I Valiance? I Valiance. Have you never listened to I Valiance? Anyway. Or that was um, your friend. Okay. So I met someone 
Yep, you would have uh, met the Kurt guys from Loon. Loon. One of the guys yep. from Loon was in that band, correct? Okay. Yes. Uh, both Which of them Loon is a very cool Australian band. Um, they are. Shout out Nathaniel Smith. <laughs> yes, yes. He's yes, also yes. on the record. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, they were fucking great, man. Um, they played with us when uh, uh, at one of our Australian headliners, so mm-hmm. um, they were really fantastic. But yeah, you'll have to send me I Valiant. I need to listen to this because I've oh, Matt dude, was telling shit. me all about it. Yeah, yeah it's batshit. But anyway, so how? Why did so, you name it the Gloom in the Corner? Explain. So Gloom, the word Gloom was taken from the opening track to Eight Eighteen by Devil Wears Prada. Um. And it was also taken from the opening line of Throne to Bull Isle by I Valiance, which is probably my favorite I Val song. Um, Cause it just hits like a ton of bricks. And I don't know what it was. It was just the, like the word gloom itself just sucked to me. And yeah. So I think it's a very eye catching well, word. Yeah, it, it is. And for me, like I've just been kicked out of this band. I'm like, I just want to chill out, do my own thing for a little bit where I do vocals entirely kind of thing. And so I started this EDM project and I had to have a name for it. And what I originally wanted to do was I wanted to have like a Tumblr. I think if my memory serves me correctly, I wanted to have like a Tumblr attached to it. So that there was like all the story stuff and et cetera put onto it. Cause we did have used to have a full on website that had like all the character stuff like that on it as well back in the fear me days. And it wasn't very good. It was just a Tumblr based kind of thing. But <laughs> before that, and how I came to the name The Gloom in the Corner was I got locked out of my old Tumblr and I had to make a new one. And I was like, oh, gloom's a cool word. And I'm like, what sounds cool with the word gloom? And I'm like, The Gloom in the Corner. And that became my Tumblr handle for like 20 seconds before I remember, before I remembered the password to my old account. Um, <laughs> and so that name stuck with no me. Shit. And I decided to use that handle and everything to put like the music and um, like all the character based stuff onto the website later on down the line. Um, I later on kind of joined another local band around here on guitar. Um, And it was around that time that I was kind of like, Oh no, I do actually want this to be a heavy project. Okay. Who do I get? And that's when I hit up Matt and and so Matt was, like, was we, from other bands too and stuff. You Matt was from other them. bands in the scene too. Yeah. yeah. And I hit him up being like, Hey, I want to start playing guitar for this new, I need a guitar player for this new project. And he's like, okay, cool. What's it going to sound like? And for me at the time and still is technically, um, we were both sweating hard. Um, the widow EP by dark complex. Cause everybody you know, was doing, everybody was doing like sworn in. Yeah. To me, Dark Complex had that different edge to it. It had this certain kind of like the gritty... dirt bikes? Yes. Yep. Okay. I'll have to go listen to that one. Oh. Because I remember me and when Matt they still were talking about it to widow. this day. Yeah. yeah. Me and Matt still talk about it to this day. It's still his phone wallpaper. Eight years later. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No shit. I yeah. have to go listen to it. We yeah, love that, we love and sweat that record. We don't take any influence from it now, but you can definitely hear it on Fear Me. And so that's where kind of like the heavy stuff on Fear Me kind of came from. And that's how we formed the band from there. And from there, we got like our old bass player and guitarist. We got Nick on drums, who's somehow still with us six years later. 
don't know how he hasn't lost his mind at all. Sweet but boy, he is. He's such a sweet boy. No, um, he's exactly you know what you know. You and Matt are such nuts mm-hmm. that you guys need like Paul and Nick to like be rational. Yep. <laughs> um, and it definitely like Paul is definitely like dad, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he runs. Like, yeah, I yeah, like I would assume. Like, if you're on tour, like, he's he's, yeah, he's in charge. But the official term Um, is the logistics guy. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which it makes your band so well rounded when you are thinking about because also you know for everyone listening, they you know everyone has different roles in the band, but also there's a member Matt who plays guitar in the band that Mikey was mentioning and also just helps tremendously with the organization and the management of the band. I mean, the dude Mm -hmm. is a fucking whiz and is just one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Guy's insane. So I'm at Um, Yeah. Total nut. Um, But, but yeah, so so. from the engineering side of things and us recording our own stuff, fear me, we did entirely in house because we were like, Oh, we're just kind of, doing this you know like we're just kind of like doing this we don't want to drop like a whole heap of money into it yet we're not going to take it kind of super super seriously i'm just doing it because of story-based reasons like it's you know we're we're not going to drop like a whole heap of money into a too quickly kind of thing um and i'm like look i'm currently at uni for audio engineering i can record everything and so i did and we sent it all over to our producer at the time who was jeremy from conform um and he mixed and mastered like everything pretty much from there. And he did like for, yeah, he did an incredible job for what I had given him. I look back at those sessions now and I go, did you finish fuck. university? Yeah. I finished my degree in audio engineering and everything. Yeah. What was it? A two year program or a four year program? So it was a cert four, which was first year. Oh. And oh. then I did an advanced diploma as well. Um, which was just pretty much a repeat of, cert for but with a couple of different projects to it if i'm being honest so and a lot of what i've had to learn like since then i've actually learned outside of uni and i'm sure most audio engineers will tell you that yeah it seems like most people these days just say like if you want to do this like really just dive into youtube and you can figure it out which does seem the best way to um get things done for me because as said because of my adhd i kind of like don't know where to start with that kind of thing but the first year of uni definitely kind of helped that for example, like it kind of like honed it in and I'm like, okay, cool. I need to focus on this. I need to focus on this. I need to relearn about this, yada, yada, yada. This is how physics work. This is how compression works. Like yeah. the, the, the general basics of how stuff goes was great for yeah. that first year of uni. And then the second year of uni was pretty much a repeat of the same. And I'm like, shit. Yeah. But yeah. I think I'm more of, I is, tend to learn faster when I'm with someone to be able to show yeah. me and explain to me things. But, um, it is something that like, not, you can, don't always have the privilege of. So now having the ability to be able to learn through YouTube is pretty, pretty incredibly handy. Um, yeah. but you know, that's when you also I met have my best the time mate there. So, yeah, you know, that's great. it wasn't a total loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, fuck that guy though. Um, cause they're not in the band, you know. So yeah. what a bum! Shout uh, out Will. 
Yeah. He helped actually. He actually did help record. He'd actually helped record the new record a little bit for like oh, a day. Sick. Yeah. That's and cool. then we realized it was going to be easier. <laughs> just yeah. me doing it. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine with how meticulous your band is that it's much. It is easier to learn how to do this stuff and to do it yourself than to have to deal with other people just because of the construction of the music does take a long time. It's not just like, yeah, we play the four chords and we sing the thing and there's the drum beat and like fucking yeah, guy. Like it's insane. So yeah, it, you know, every little thing down to the strings and the synths and the horns and the fucking percussion, every fucking little thing you have in there, it's going to mm-hmm. take you forever. You're an insane mm-hmm. person. Um, just to yeah. clarify for all these people listening, Mike is clinically fucking mind. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, um, so that's pretty cool. So like you're in, you, you, you've contacted Matt, you're no longer like doing other projects or you were still playing guitar for somebody you were saying at the time. I was still playing guitar for that okay. band for like, I think I played with them for like another year. So it would have been just before homecoming came out that <laughs> we so all kind of went 2015 ish or so. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Oh, okay. You were still playing with someone all the way up until then. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Damn. So it's just before Homecoming dropped that I was kind of like, no, I want to focus on Gloom. And I think that was the right yeah. decision. I think. I love that the art <laughs> now is reaching back towards the art of Homecoming. Yeah. In some ways, like when I look at um, like violence or like the Ultima Pluva, uh, Pluvia, I always say that weird um, release versus Homecoming and uh, like now Trinity and stuff. I'm like, yes, I, I like, I don't know. I'm so into um, that like kind of comic book-esque imagery where when I see it this way, I picture it as like, okay, and then we get the Netflix cartoon and everything is, everyone's got action figures and it's sick. (laughs) You know, it makes it look so much more realistic. Um, And is that like what your ultimate goal is with this kind of stuff is, are you creating like a world essentially? So it's a, a story that for as long as the gloom in the corner exists the story can continue right yeah and there's so many different facets like i've had this discussion slash thought with so many different people it's like once we finish up this arc it's like where do we go from there and it's like well there's so many characters there's so many different like time periods or situations that you can kind of like write about and do things with that you know there's going to be an endless stream of content Like, whether or not it focuses on the main characters from this arc or, you know, side characters from the others, like, it's, there's so much that you can work with and delve into that it's like, we just have endless Kind of like the MCU in some ways, you know what I mean? Like, we were mentioning where you... What is up, Mother Tuckers? Do you want to work with your favorite artist looking for an epic feature so everyone will know how badass your band is? Well, go check out FeatureDex.com. We have an insane selection of singers, screamers, guitarists, bassists, drummers, graphic designers, and so much more. 
Do you want Ryan Kirby to sing or scream on your song? Maybe you want Austin Archie from Warren to Shore to write the most insane drum parts you've ever heard in your life. Well, guess what? They can. Go now to FeaturedX.com and submit with them. This week's mid-roll mosh is Ludovico by Elysian. I think I'm saying that right. It was Mikey's selection, so if I say it wrong, fuck him. Um, all of these things are hard to say, and it's difficult regardless. But um, you never know with these Australian bands. Crazy names, crazy sounds, though. Epic bands, always superior bands. It's like Japan. All their bands are always better than our bands. But just so happens to be that way. I don't make the rules. They do. Um, this was Mikey's pick, like I said. It's fucking sick. Big fan. Very metalcore. I like metalcore. They're from Sydney. Sydney can also be a person, but it's also a place in Australia. So let's listen to this. It's called Ludovico by Alition. Let's fucking go. Search for some harmony, only melody To run a reanatomy that drives out in me
yeah. can, you know, do each character's story. And then I think that that's sick too, because then people tend to find themselves connected to specific things or like, even with like magic, you know, that I've been getting really into the last like two years, same kind of thing. Like there's lore, there's comic books, there's story to it. That's, kind of what you base characters off of like you know and i didn't really think of it that way until i had a friend where i was like "Ooh, i think this card is really cool like this nico bolas card is so sick and i think i want to play with him my buddy was like oh he's such a bastard like i don't like that dude like well i'm like talking about it like it's a real person i was like that's sick like i need to get more invested into the story that's behind this and it's i think made playing magic that much more fun for me to start to learn about. Um, when you were growing up, were you really connected to stuff like that, to, you know, movies or comics or, you know, story based? Yeah. yeah movie for, for the most part, it was movies and video games. Actually. Um, I'm a huge gaming nerd. Um, okay. Like a lot of the inspiration for a lot of gloom stuff has come from, so many different games. So many different games. Like what? even from games. Oh, uh, like I mean, James Bond was a big one. Um, Skullduggery like early Double O Seven shit, or like you know, what what era um, did you start playing them? Because you might not have even been alive when I was playing Double O Seven on N sixty four. Oh no, like just uh, Goldeneye. Um, yeah. No, like uh, I think <clears throat> from the game side of things for Bond, it was. One of the last Pierce Brosnan ones, because I did a game based around that. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but um, very much more so the movies, and I'd definitely put it towards Daniel Craig's Bond from the movie side of things. Bro, did like I tell you about the time I met Daniel Craig? You met Daniel Craig? I did. Um, when I was younger, I worked at Best Buy, and Daniel Craig had just bought a house um, up in the area where uh, I grew up and uh, he was coming in to buy a sound system and I'm at the register and he comes up to like buy the sound system and I like look up and I'm like, what the fuck? Like this is James Bond. And then I was like, no way. And he hands me his credit card. And I look at his credit card and I'm like, fuck, that says Daniel fucking Craig. <laughs> and all the time, like, I just have to, you know, not react in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's trying to just be a normal guy, which, by the way, he bought uh, a sound system that was like the off the shelf one. It was a display. So it got a little bit of a discount. So even if you're fucking super rich, like James Bond, <laughs> you don't have to spend all your fucking money all the time. It's awesome. Good for him. But he did just buy a house that he was putting things in. And it's probably not his only house, but yeah, fair. it was really cool. He's very handsome in person. I couldn't believe it. Um, it was pretty neat. I, I had a good time, but so Daniel Craig, when you hear this, we're friends now. Who, who you got in your room? Dad. What's going on? Oh, that's pretty cool. Coffee mugs. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice of him. Dads are cool. I'm seeing my dad Dad's this cool. weekend. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm gonna go to his house and go swimming, and it's gonna be great. Um. Okay, back to your band. Uh, 
So Sorry. if we, if you're a fan uh, or you're, you want to be a fan of gloom, you're jumping in. You don't know uh, what's happened in the story so far. Is there a quick way to jump them through the past three releases, or would you prefer to just tell us where you're at in the story now and make them go back and listen to it? Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple of different facets you can go to. Um, there is, what used to happen, at least from Flesh and Bones, is I used to have a document which would tell everything as it is. Um, and there's been many different versions of that document, but I'm still currently working on the current one for the past arc, like it's done. It just hasn't, I'm just making it look nice and pretty and everything instead of just being like a Google document. Um, but yeah, there's also the Jay and Sherlock on the talk, which is like our two characters is um, Instagram and TikTok profiles where they very chaotically tell the story in their own words. Um, and that was just a, like a little lockdown project. I still need to wrap that up. But again, I've been busy organizing everything for this record, so I haven't had a chance to do it. Um, that should be finished up by the time Trinity comes out, I think. But for for this story, so uh, how do I put it? Like those two characters are dead. That's why I also have been slack on doing it. Um, and it focuses on three characters who died in the previous arc. So we have Ethan from Homecoming. Um, we have Rachel who died at the start of Fear Me. She's kind of like the main character of this record because I felt like that Rachel has never kind of had like a proper, proper, like she's never really been properly talked about in the story, but she's been mentioned so much that like people who are fans of the band and fans of the story know who she is. Um, and then we also have Clara who was the other main character in Flesh and Bones. Um, and their whole journey is like they get kind of guided by this ominous figure known as the narrator um, on how to get out of hell so they can return to the world of the mortal living um, and be back with the ones that they love. The catch-22 is that they don't know that the two main people that they're coming back for is, have actually died. <coughs> um, <laughs> so that's the yeah, whole like, also that's the general premise. Uh, for everyone listening to, how did these people end up in hell real quick? Did they die or were they just Rachel died something? at the start of Fear Me. So she was okay. kind of the catalyst for the entire Gloom story. And that's why I kind of felt okay. like I needed to make her the main character. Like she dies, uh, Jay, who was the main character in pretty much the entire arc going forward. Um, that's it started everything from there um, in a very Punisher kind of style like story or Max Payne, if you will. Um, and then yeah. Clara died in flesh and bones um, after being forced. Sorry. After the main character in that story was forced to kill her. Um, and that was also part of Jay's little revenge plot. And then Ethan, who was the main character of homecoming killed himself at the end because he's his self-righteous belief stems from um, like, Oh, if I go to hell, and bring back the person that I love, then I can fix my brother who's Jay. Um, so, yeah. and his, his self-righteousness carries over into this. So for those who don't know, he's the character of the Ronin. The Ronin is pretty much like Ethan's rebranding and all that kind of shit um, into the gloom slayer, as I like to jokingly call him, because he's very heavily influenced by like the doom slayer from doom or the doom Marine oh. um, and wolf from Sekiro. 
if you've ever if anybody's ever played that game they'll know who I'm talking about but yeah I have not so I do not oh uh, have you heard of but a game called Dark Souls <laughs> I've heard of it because um like uh Trey Kirby. I, and Kirby like them and that's yeah the, what's the Elden Ring or something yeah, and Elden, I was about to say Elden Ring yeah yeah I did that shit was wild. Like when that came out, I watched those guys lose their life to that game. Uh, mm-hmm. It was pretty incredible. I, I was very proud of them, to be honest. The dedication was pretty cool. Um, so Sekiro is like the one before. <clears throat> pardon me, is the one before Elden Ring, and it's based in feudal Japan, and it's about like a samurai who like has to get back his master, or like has to return to his master. And he has like a mechanical arm and all that kind of shit because he get, gets it chopped off and all that shit. But he's very short worded, very soft, like not softly spoken, but just like short worded, blunt to the point, much like that, much like Ethan as a character and everything going forward. And it's yeah. his main outlet is violence pretty much. So it's just incredible. a combination of those kinds of characters. That's where Ronan kind of comes from. And that's why like I have the chain sword and stuff like that as well. It's kind of like an infusion of doom and, Sekiro because I wanted that whole chainsaw imagery because it's just fucking cool. Um, because it is cool. I agree. Because it's just fucking cool. Um, he as a yeah. character is just fucking cool too. It's definitely like one that you see, and it makes you automatically more interested in the story and like what's going on. But I think that with that, you can't see some. I I shouldn't say you can't see, but most people I think would see like say the new video for the song Ronin that's out on the Shark Tone mm-hmm. channel on fucking YouTube and you should go watch it, you pussy-ass motherfucker. But <laughs> when you see that character, you're just like, okay, what is this? What's going on? Like, Because why else would you just have a song about something like this? Um, but uh, as you are continuing to um, relay this album, which I guess we shouldn't give too much of it away Mm -hmm. um but can you give us some hints as to which way you're leaning with this latest album trinity which will be out october 28th on sharp tone records Records. (laughs) if you haven't pre-ordered it go pre-order it now through downright you stupid fucking bitch or you can also pre-order it through gloom's personal australian store or you can order it through, was it Resist has um, some too? They have a store up. Resist, well. JB um, Hi-Fi, and Nuclear Blast also has it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, depending on what part of the world you are in, there are some options for you. Um, so, yeah. What can, can I give away? What can uh, I give away? Yeah, I guess. I say there's I a guess real, you don't I need to talk really about the story big. too much. Yeah, yeah, there's two really big, to. like for law fans, there's two really big things that come in at the end. Um, and that's why I don't like, I feel like I'd rather do anything. another one again when you're, when the album's out where we like yeah. actually break down track by track, like get it out to everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to fuck up the story. Um, but it's interesting when I do think about this though. Now uh, this kind of hit me as you were saying, explaining um, some bits and pieces of where we are at in the lore. You almost wrote this record, Trinity, like knowing like this is a really big step in the story. Mm. 
Yeah. And it's it seems, feels like an amplified part of the story versus maybe where we were. And I think Yeah. I think that's that for, I think that's yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's cool to see like maybe you when you started working on this piece, you know, you had some energy that you put into it, like knowing like that this was going to take that next, you know leap forward and it certainly has and um it's cool with our relationship looking back on when we first started talking about like what are some things that could maybe help us to bring the band forward sharp tone records was actually one of those things that we discussed and that was pretty cool and you guys had previously had a relationship where you had you know, had some small uh, chit chat with Sean here and there. For one, he's a really cool guy. It seems like he like genuinely, you know, is always looking for something that he enjoys. Um, and it starts with the songs and, and reaches out with people. So shout out to him. And uh, if you haven't listened to my podcast episode with Sean Keith, the uh, owner operator of Sharp Tone Records, go and listen to it. It's fantastic. But definitely um, do. I learned a lot from that podcast. <laughs> He is a very smart fella, and uh, I have certainly learned a lot from him myself um, over time. And, and it's fun because in some ways, like, we're learning things together as well, at, at, you know, Michael and I, um, for everyone listening, you know, because we do work <laughs> together and stuff like that. So it's, like, cool to have this circle of information that seems to be kind of ever so fruitful uh, and, and is continuously growing and throwing more things our way. But, it, like I said, it was really cool to just see that, like, you know, in some ways I felt like you, when you were writing this, creating it and like getting this record prepared, like you knew the next, uh, you know, step in the evolution of the gloom in the corner was due to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the way that I kind of went about it was like, we, we finished up flesh and bones and we pretty much had most of this record done, but we wanted to do another three track. And that's where the idea for killing off Jay and Sherlock kind of came from, because I was just like, not over the characters, but like, it's kind of like George R. R. Martin, where it's like Game of Thrones for anybody who doesn't know who he is. I hope they do. Yeah. Um, but like he, I, we've made this joke before. I'm kind of the George R. R. Martin of metalcore stories, where I love killing off my characters. It's just, I don't think anybody was expecting us to actually kill off the main. Two well, I don't people. think anyone ever expects anyone to kill off characters except for like those like C list characters in your story. You know or, what I mean? Like bad guys. Like yeah. But that's the thing, and I've always but said even this, with bad I'm, guys, look at like a, a like Batman and stuff like that. The bad exactly. The bad guy always lives forever. Two Face yeah. has never actually disappeared. Joker has never actually died. Well, okay. Well, then there's good. I'm gonna have a ton of people going. Well, actually, in this one, in this one, in this one, in this one. Yeah, I know yeah. there are tons of stories where they do actually die. But then you come out with the next fucking Batman book, and guess who's still in it? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean is with a story like that, you can always recreate it. You know, based off of like who's writing it, the distributor, all sorts of publisher, all sorts of fun things. Yeah, 100%. What Mike is doing here with his story, that is not necessarily an option. So <laughs> that makes it very, very different. Um, yeah. Not to say that it won't be a comic book at some point, because it will be. Well, or manga or some shit. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you like mangas or comic books more? 
In I was terms more of a comic book guy. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah I was more a comic book guy. I don't like the flipping backwards if I don't have to. Oh, no, it wasn't that. I just never really, I kind of got into them. Like, I think talking about influence, for example, um, there's really only been like one anime that I can think of that has influenced us at all. Because a lot of people have, a lot of people have compared Gloom to an anime slash manga called Berserk. Um, And that's who Brand is about, Brand of Sacrifice. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, the creator passed away last year, which was very sad. Like, even me as a creator, knowing about Berserk, like, I knew the kind of legacy that that dude had left behind. Um, I didn't but, know anything about that story, and I still haven't read it, so I, I won't need to do that. It's, but. It's, it's the same kind of vein as, like, you know, The Punisher or um, Max Payne. You know, like, it's that mm-hmm. kind of, like, revenge tale, from my understanding, at least. And there's a whole heap of, like, demon yeah. stuff enthralled in it i think as well and that's why a lot of people are like which is sick but that's why a lot of people are like oh you guys are a lot like berserk and i'm like the fuck is that but anyway um the only anime that's really kind of influenced me whatsoever when it comes to the gloom universe has been uh cowboy bebop and that's just more so from the style direction and stuff like that of how like i want the characters looking or how i want them to behave and etc like that kind of thing um yeah what did you think yeah. of the live action? Don't fucking talk to me about the live action. <laughs> I knew you Yeah, everybody hates it. It's okay. It sucked. Everybody hates it. Um, no, no, no. I was awful. talking to I was talking to somebody. I think I was talking to my mate Chris about it, and because he hadn't watched the the original, but he's like, "Oh yeah, like this is fine." And I was like, "I was okay with it up until episode 10. What and they just kind of blew everything up. Like, have you have you watched the original and the new one? I have. So, like them, can we speak freely about this? Spoiler warning. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's been out for so long now; it doesn't really cool. like matter. You know what I mean? And I don't think that the live action one is one people are going back to watch. Like, but people will always go back no. and watch Cowboy Bebop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah. can I just say them making Julia? the main antagonist or we're going to make her the main antagonist going yeah. forward. I was like, what the fuck? Who signed off on this? Like, it's just such a, it was such a it thrown does. in there. Like, Oh yeah, we're going to make her the bad guy now instead of vicious. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was an oddly forced thing that didn't make yeah. a lot of sense. And that's canceled no. now too, right? Like they're, they're done with that so fucking quick. show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and like, that, thank you know, God. Yeah. I can imagine that um, continuing on. And it's sad because I think so many people were so excited for it. But at the same time, how are you going to be? Like, yeah. I love yeah. John Cho. John Cho is... Yeah. Like, quite literally to me, when they announced that he was going to be playing Spike, I'm like, that's the perfect casting. Like, John Cho was awesome. And he does a really good job with what he has been given. But, unfortunately, the writing comes down to, um, like, I was having this discussion with Chris. A lot of the original Bebop's, like, humor or et cetera, comes from characters reacting to something that is physically happening. Whereas the Bebop cut, like the Bebop live action, all of the comedy is based around dick jokes. Yeah. And it's just not the same. There's a couple well, of funny yeah, ones. I there. think I when you're that, doing like, stuff like that, unless you can really rewrite the story well, yeah, start by sticking hard. with the story. 
Yeah. Because if you start by sticking with the story, you're at least going to like get people like into it and get them excited. And then you can start to make adaptations and changes. But that's just me. The, the one, but. there was one really fucking cool scene though. There was one really fucking cool scene in that show that sticks out to me. And that was in episode nine when he goes into that clubhouse and just fully fucking John Wick's an entire building of dudes. Yeah. And like, you can see it through the windows and all that shit. And that was actually what the inspiration behind one of the scenes in Ronan is like one of the first opening scenes where we have like the panning shot of like the building and you can see all the demons like flying out the window and um, you can tell that there's chaos going on inside, but you can't actually see the fight kind of thing. That's where the inspiration for that scene came from. Cause I was like, that scene's really fucking cool. I'm really glad that they did something like that with Spike as a character, because he is just, yeah. he's not like, he's just a nuts fighter. But so when it comes to your, um, display of the story in terms of like say the animation like the animated video for Ronin that's out on the Sharptone YouTube channel now um, do <laughs> do you work so closely with the animator to make sure that they understand like hey this is what the intro scene looks like it's these characters look in this such of a way and then we're going yep. towards this part of the story and, and you so when it not only when it comes to the music and the creation but also all of the content and the media that comes with the band you have to be extremely meticulous to make sure that everything is displayed properly, if you will. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah, consistency 100%. sake thing. Consistency um, sake, yeah. It's pretty incredible. It's a lot to think about where, you know, most people have struggles describing a song because it's vapid in the sense of, you know, you ask said person, so what's your new song about? Well, it's about fucking heartache, man. Well, like my life, you know what I mean? Like the pan pandemic and like my bros, like her, I am hurting. Uh, and, uh, you know, like life, bro. <laughs> you know, like how often have you heard that as a response so to a song? A billion fucking times. Have I done it myself? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've never written anything vapid like that. Um, actually, I actually, I, 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 I truly believe that. You know, like, I'm thinking about that, though. I really don't think I've ever written or put out anything where I'm like, yeah, I just wrote this for the sake of it. Yeah. There's the only song that kind of counts is um, a song on the off-road minivan record. Um, the last one, uh, fuck, what's the song fucking called? Uh, cause I wrote it about, uh, pot, um, platinum. <laughs> that song's just oh, about, true. I, I just like, uh, it's about pot. Um, every, everything else I would say ever. Uh, but there's enough about me. I'm a fucking piece of shit. It's not about me today. It's about you. Um, so that's very cool that you do have to work down to it. And I think that that's why it is so helpful that you have the bandmates that you do when it comes yeah. to how much comes on your plate in terms of what you guys are attempting to create, which I think is really honorable. A lot of people it's, it's, you know, we, we discuss this often, but as, just in terms of the show, but like in general, it's very hard to get your band out there, great, create great music, 
start working with the team, start to get yourself circulating around this planet in order to hopefully make this into a sustainable living, right? Let alone when you're adding in all of these other stressful elements like the pressure of yourself to create an entire story based around the art that's going to go into it. So not only do you have to write a great story, but you have to write a great song that coincides with that story. And that is double pressure. And that's a lot to put yourself through. So like definitely as someone who has watched what you guys do, like I, I commend you thoroughly for it because it's an Thank incredible you. feat. Um, I feel like the story, them, story yeah. side of stuff is pretty, like it comes to me pretty naturally. Like I have to work through it over and over and over and over again to a point where I'm happy with it, of course. Um, but a lot of like the initial kind of stuff of just getting certain things down or certain events or et cetera, like comes to me pretty naturally, but it comes like hand in hand with the songwriting. So like a perfect one actually is bleed you out. Um, which for context is technically about killing your girlfriend's dad. Who's returned from the grave. Um, that's pretty bet cool. Most people haven't heard that one. Hey, <laughs> hey but it's like the uh, whole, yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. But like the whole premise of it, like where that kind of came, like that's, that's the story description of it. Um, but yeah. the whole premise of it came from, you know, like boss battles, like those OG hard video game boss battles that like would drive you up the wall. You'd be playing them until like 4am trying to beat them. Like, Dark Souls or Sekiro, like a lot of those okay. kind of boss battles that I used to do back in the day and the sheer yeah. frustration of it. But it also comes from the euphoric side of things of finally beating that boss battle and going, I have the biggest dick in the world right now and I'm going to swing it. That's where Bleed You Out comes from and that's why it has like that certain aggression and arrogance to it because it's <laughs> it's so ner- like it's so like, nerdy but also just like you I'm know just, that feeling where you like it's, it's a sense of accomplishment it comes from a sense of accomplishment let's put it like that now i'm thinking of like the look on trey's face when he finished um that game the elden ring yeah. one you know and I yeah I I I understand for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fucking awesome, Mo. Um, <laughs> and that's why I think so many people will continue to relate to the gloom in the corner is because there's so many aspects of it that are relatable. Is not only you know the music and what it's about, but it's it's fun and the influence that goes into the music. I think is something that everyone you know not I shouldn't say everyone, but so many people do enjoy. Whether it be well, I liked MCU stuff, so I like this story. Or I liked comic book stuff, so I like the story. Or I liked manga stuff, so I like the story. And all of this kind of stuff is an extra way to pull someone into the gloom in the corner that most bands, including my own, don't have. We don't have that ability because we aren't lore-based. We aren't creating our own universe that is, in and of itself, just its own entertaining vacuum. Like you guys, by the time that the gloom in the corner is like a large entity in the world and is done, people will have, you know, you can have live action. You can have cartoons. You can have comic books and manga. You can have action figures. You can have all this kind of stuff. And I know that that's part of your guys like uh, goals in life, obviously, because I'm your fucking manager and I should know that. But 
for all the people listening out there, they don't know that. So that's what's so cool about getting introduced to a project like this is because there isn't another band that's like you guys. You know, there's been a few that have done similar things. And I think the greatest inspiration for stuff like that is, you know, someone like Claudio and Coheed and what they have been able to do, um, you know, which is you know, absolutely mind blowing because that band's fucking monster size. And he's yeah, been able to I was, I was so reading through everything material. about them the other day because, like, for the last five years, people have been like, oh, you guys are like coheating Cambria, but Metalcore. And I'd never listened to them. <laughs> I'm like, who? Have you ever read the comics or anything? No, no, I, I want to now because I, like, I was re- doing the research on it the other day and actually just reading like rough story outliers and yeah. et cetera just to kind of get a grasp on it. And I was like, this is really fucking cool. I want to get into this. So, when I come back from New Zealand, I have another thing that I can do. But so that band was um, from around where I grew up. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I remember reading that yeah. too. Yeah, but um, um, the main inspiration behind like a lot of, I mean, just it's not the main inspiration per se, but the realization of I can tell this story the way that I want to in the format of music was Defeater. The band Defeater. The, yeah, the band Defeater. Oh, no shit. Yeah. How so? I I think I got... uh, I can't remember what... I think, yeah, it must have been Letters Home. I think it would have been around 2015. Is that when Letters Home dropped? 2014, 2015. When the Bastards came out. I was like, oh, this is like a whole... What's the hook in that? The the one big lyric in that? Oh, I see is a bastard in May. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, man, um, that band is so band. good. Life. 2013, that record came out. Whoa, really? Letters Home. Letters Home came out in 2013. Okay, I must have been. Oh, fuck, I must have been less, listening to them since then. Because, like, Abandoned. Yeah, I think I remember seeing the clips of Bastards. Oh, but Bastards that's right. is yeah. on Letters Home. Yeah. Yes, because, uh, yeah. About, yeah, because that's about the, uh, the priest the priest in the story. Yep. So they have a whole Reddit rundown thing as well. But I remember like going like, Oh, but, uh, this, this is cool. Um, like there's a whole world war two themed based music video, which is an incredible video. It still holds up. Is that, is um, letters home a, a, like a themed album? Yeah. All of their albums are themed. So the whole premise of defeater is about these two sons whose dad is like a war veteran and his, and their mom is, addicted to i want to say it's addicted to heroin because he's just like super abusive and shit like that and it's about i think the first record covers like one of the sons and how um they kill the dad because he's again like being super abusive to all of them because he has his own demons that he has to battle and all that kind of shit there's a priest involved as well um there's a whole heap of different things I, i can't remember the exact rundown of the story but letters home is about the dad and his time in like on the Pacific front, I think it's either Eastern or Pacific front. I can't remember which one it is, but that's like, that album is so fucking good. And like, I think I kind of, I didn't realize it was a concept album until I got to bled out the end of the end of the record. Cause the main hook in bastards is, and all I see is the bastard and me. And they close the record off with that line. Like it's just a repeating line. And I was like, Oh, there's a theme to this record. And then I, that, I just deep dove straight in and I never yeah. knew that. And yeah. we toured with that band. Uh, we really, did, we didn't ever say die with them in 2000. 
14. Oh, that one's out there. Um, no, it's right here. Ha -ha. Uh, oh, you got Amity on there too? That's cool. Yeah, Amity Affliction, Defeater, Being as an Ocean, Cruel Hand, Fit for a King, and Burning Down Alaska, November 2015. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, that was an incredible tour. It was our first European tour. Um, and... Uh, <clears throat> watching defeater was pretty incredible i remember i think he had he had like a i remember there was like that kick kick fun uh, kickstarter or whatever go fund me for him to have like his hip replaced or something like that yeah. too that band's been through a lot what an yeah. incredible live band though absolutely amazing yeah um, i remember seeing videos of it i'm like damn this dude is just pulling it off <laughs> yeah fucking fantastic man um they were just so goddamn good um but dude to wrap things up and um to get just back to your band uh, which is cool i didn't know that and i didn't know that they had that kind of influence on you and um i guess like for me it's like oddly serendipitous and just like cool you know because coheed did have such an impact on my life um where my mom took my friends and I in eighth grade to go watch Coheed's last like big local show. Um, mm. They were just releasing their first record and uh, just starting to blow up as they sold out the local venue. That was like, you know, a thousand cap sick. And that's when I was like, Oh, this <laughs> is what I'm going to do. Like I'm in eighth grade at this time. Like I'm a fucking child, but it just, they played the song oh, that was like three years ago. Like, yeah, right. You know, mentally, yes. Um, <laughs> mentally, <you> know, <laughs> mentally, I'm still a fucking child. Um, but yeah, I absolutely adore that band. Still pretty incredible. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy jumping back through that band and listening to them. And and I, I think I'm gonna go back and listen to this Defeater record again because it's been so long and I had no idea. Um, I just need to go listen to all of it, I guess, if it's yeah. really the case. Um, but what can you give the people uh, to get them uh, stoked for this new record we have coming up, Trinity, out October 28th what can I give on the Sharp Tone? Um, you know, you've kind of given us a good hint of what's going on with the story and what we've got moving forward. Uh, I know personally we have a few songs that we're going to be hitting them with before the record mm -hmm. is out um but any other fun little tidbits you've got to throw in uh we finally get proper live action stuff oh because we just finished up the three music videos we finally get proper live action stuff of all the characters um and it looks fucking sick i almost cried on one of the days um, how did you do um the wardrobing and stuff like that for it was it very difficult no, like, thankfully, I'm kind of smart. Um, the hardest part was making the Ronin suit. <laughs> but yeah. everything else is just, like, like, Rachel has a red turtleneck. I ordered two red turtlenecks from Shine. Um, she has the fake leather pants as well and boots. It's, like, everything is either op-shoppable or, like, Target. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so I made it very simple. I made it very easy. And then uh, our makeup crew on the day would add, like, all the extra stuff to it and all that kind of shit. Um, but, yeah, the, the hardest part was definitely the Ronin suit because um, we actually had to get a cosplayer to make that. Shout out Bridget. Um, and she made it and she killed it. It looks fucking sick. Um, 
What other cool stuff can I say? Fuck. No, that's cool. Sounds like that jazz. That is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, overall, if you're a metalcore fan and you're looking for something new and exciting, this is a band to listen to, if not the band to yeah. listen to. And I think that this- that's what I always try to tie people back to is like, sure, there's a lot of metalcore out there. There's not a lot of metalcore that is like the gloom in the corner. And when you think about the influences that I referenced at the beginning of this episode, and it, they are very consistent. Like, there's nobody that would, like, be like, oh, no, you're, like, way off by saying Devil Wars Prada and asking, suck my fucking dick. No, I'm not. They sound like that. You're a fucking idiot. But regardless. What about my main influences? Both of those <laughs> bands were are fucking massive. And I think that, you know, with time, not only sonically will people enjoy your band and continue to, uh, you know, want to come back and listen to it, but between the sonic influences and what people like are known to enjoy about metalcore and your ability to write such an impactful, incredible story, there's no way that these people aren't going to continue to love it and be sucked in and have the gloom in the corner be their favorite fucking band. And like I said, if it's not their favorite fucking band, it's because they're stupid fuck. Or because Fit for a King is their favorite band. Because Fit for a King is the greatest band in the whole universe. Fair enough. I'll but that's that. just because I'm in it. And I have to tell you that I feel that way. Because I do feel that way. Because I love myself. And you should too. Um, you are, le- you but, are legally obligated to do so. You could say. <laughs> I am legally obligated to love my band and love myself. But I also am very excited for everyone to hear our new record. Because it fucks yep. hard. And uh, there's, a, there's something on there. For, I like to think Matt said it really well the other day. He's like, if we, we are not a calorie counted meal, we are a buffet. That's what this record is. And there is something for much like a buffet. There is something for everybody there. Ronan is some of the, like we have some of the heaviest stuff on there. We also have some of the lightest stuff on there we've ever done. So, Oh yeah. But dude, the heavy, heavy of like, yeah, I'm dude. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. say names of songs at the moment, but I have one I'm thinking about in particular, which we will have content out for, which will be a, the final single. But I'm, yeah, okay, it's cool. We uh, are th- we are thinking of the same one. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's just so ridiculously good. Um, which I can't wait for everyone to hear it, and it's gonna be great, and they're gonna love it. But um, Mikey, thank you so much for doing this. It's always a joy to speak with you. That's. I mean, we do it all the time, but really appreciate you doing this and being on the show and giving everyone some insight into what the gloom in the corner is. And uh, I think that, you know, you are such a unique, hardworking, talented individual. And there's a lot of young people that would be very inspired by how much effort you put into your art, where I Thank you. Discuss on this. You're welcome. And, you know, we just discuss on this show, um, you know, just the concept of pursuing your dreams and how difficult it is to make this stuff happen. And when you work with someone like you, it is very clear when some other people go like, no, man, I'm giving it my all. And I'm like, your all looks nothing like that dude's all. Like your guys, that's fucking, you're playing T-ball and this guy's in the fucking majors over here. Like you got to grow a pair if you're going to come play with this guy. And it's really, really fucking cool. So I think that in time, your influence artistically is going to really like show. 
and uh, it, it's an honor to be around you all the time. So thanks for thank you, man. for thank getting you. to do some cool shit with me, Mike. I love it. Well, thank so. you for doing cool shit with us. It's my pleasure. So for the last time, all you fucking pieces of shit listening, go pre-order the record. I could not tell you more. I'm not saying this just because I work with the band. I'm telling you this because it's fucking incredible. And there's such so much hard work that has gone into this. And we're not just saying that like every every single album that comes out is difficult. Everyone works hard to put out their records. Man, I'm telling you, you will hear it when you listen to this record. Um, but Mikey, lastly, who's the mid-roll mosh you got for everybody? My mid-roll mosh is Elision. They're a band from Sydney. They're our mates. Um, they are a very full-influenced heavy band, but they have their own kind of zest to them, and you will definitely hear it on this track, Ludovico. It came out Friday. Oh, yeah, Friday. Um if you like jazz and fall and a whole heap of other different shit, you're going to fucking love this band. <laughs> that sounds fucking awesome. And I'm so excited to listen to it myself. Um, but dude, Mikey, thank you so much for being on the show. And I hope you had a good time getting tucked, buddy. I did. Thank you, boss. Thank you. <laughs> of course. All right. That was the show. Mikey, thank you so much for being my guest on the show this week. Thank you for letting me work for you. I love you. I love you all. Gloom in the Corner is a fucking amazing band. I can't wait for everyone to hear this record. You guys have worked so hard on it. And it's incredible. And they're going to love it because Metalcore is great. And you guys are a great Metalcore band. Okay, everyone, go pre-order their new album, Trinity. Or our new album, R as in Fit for a King. New album, The Hell We Create. Both are available now through Downright Merch. You can go and do it. Don't be a stupid bitch. Like I tell you all the time. I know you want them. Get them all you can. All of these are going to sell out. And for Gloom, there's only 250 in the States for their vinyl. So go do it while you can. Everyone, I love you. Until next week, have a good one. And as always,
Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.